This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. In the Christchurch Manchester School of Leadership, we recently had a session on communication for churches. And we're bringing you a recording from that session where we talk about keys to effective communication. You can find the full notes on everything that was said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 105. So here is the session. Okay, I would like you to go back into Tim's scenario that he gave you about a venue move and imagine the scenario, okay, you've you've made this decision whether uh, deliberately or it's been forced upon you, you've got your new venue, you've done all of the right things, you've kind of sent messages around, you've texted, you've emailed and then Sunday morning comes along and there are three people who are part of your congregation who turn up at the old venue, okay, so um, that happens, whose fault is that? The leaders. The leaders. Why is it the leaders' fault? Because Tim said so earlier. Tim said so earlier. Um, Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I absolutely agree uh, that that is the case. We had a a scenario uh, a few weeks ago. There was an event and there were some people, it was an important event, some people we really wanted to be there and we told them about it, we had reminded them about it and then kind of a few days before uh, they said, oh no, I didn't know anything about that and um, weren't able to be there. And it would be easy to say, well, I told you I did my bit, so that's your fault. No, no, no. I didn't get the message across. Okay, so whatever I did that made me think I had communicated, I hadn't communicated very well because the person I was talking to hadn't understood, they hadn't heard, they hadn't registered. So communication has to be a lot more than just making sure you have transmitted information. That's kind of um, passing the book a bit. Oh, I've said it. So all the responsibilities with them. If you're leading, you have a responsibility that goes beyond just saying something. It's about making sure it's been heard, it's been understood. That's communication. So if communication is more than transmitting information, what else might be involved in it? What what other things other than just having said the right thing come into play? Taking people on the journey, like Mm -hmm. a lot. Especially if you've been in the venue for a long time, some people yeah. become very attached to things, yeah. whether it's a venue or a person, yes. changing leadership. Like, yeah. And actually helping them understand why that's happening. Mm-hmm. Different, some people will be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Great. But mm-hmm. some people will be really doing it. Yeah. Sort of yeah. The so that's about, I guess, the level of detail, the level of personable, and like a few factors in the in the how you communicate. Yeah, that's one big bit of it. So style communication. Absolutely. Um, Visual learners, yeah. auditory, tactile, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've got the CCM thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tactile people see that, yeah. remember it, some people mm-hmm. respond better to a video, yeah. to text, mm-hmm. sense of audio. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the word I'm going to be using today for that is channel. So, the channel of communication that you use. There are lots of different things available. Yeah. Uh, what else? Like when you're communicating something, making sure that they understand it. Because mm-hmm. it might be that the way you communicate, you, you understand it. But like yeah. It might be that they've, they've taken one thing, but then they don't yeah. get like the big picture of what you're yeah. saying. So Very good. Just asking them about it, what, mm-hmm. what you've just said to them, and making sure they yeah. know what you've just said. Yes, yeah, so that's feedback and conversation, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Um, 
another thing worth thinking about is timing. So when do you say it? So if I say to you, hey, there's this important meeting in September, it'd be great if you come to it, and then leave it, chances are you'll have forgotten, unless it's really grabbed your interest and you've kind of written it down, chances are it won't have registered. If I say to you like, hey, there's an important meeting, it starts in 15 minutes, it'd be great if you could be there, you might well have made other plans. There's probably a sweet spot for when to say it, and the sweet spot will vary depending on what it is that you're trying to say. Um, so timing is important. Also, communicator is important. So is it something that is best coming from the main church leader? Is it best coming from so like a community group leader who they know well and trust? Who does the communicate? Should it come from an administrator sending out a message? Think about who says it as well. Uh, I'm just going to run through four of these dimensions today, which are voice, channel, communicator, and timing. So let's start with voice. What do I mean when I say voice? The way it's communicated, mm -hmm. like the tone and the yes. kind of I don't know, that kind of, yeah, is it something absolutely. that's already decided and needs mm -hmm. to be communicated? Is it yeah. something you want to involve people in? Like, there's a different way of getting that across. Yes, no, I agree. Um, there are, in Proverbs, tons of verses. And uh, I was going to get us to have a look at some of them. Um, and let's do that, actually, in your groups. But we'll make this a short thing. Uh, I'm going to give you a bunch of pieces of paper with Proverbs on. Um, split them between your group and just have a look at what they say. And I want you to feed back to everyone one or two of them that stand out to you and these are about how people communicate okay let's feed in on the basis of what we've got so far i didn't want to spend too long on this this group over here just pick out one or two of the proverbs about how we speak um, that, that stood out to you okay proverbs 12 18 which is there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts but the tongue of the wise brings healing mm -hmm. so yeah. that sense of okay rash it almost feels like the your immediate response is mm. not considered it's just kind of like yeah. there in the moment mm -hmm. as opposed to the wise response maybe you just have that little yeah. bit of time to consider yes the words bring healing celebration yeah, yeah. very good very good uh, guys at the back mm -hmm. Rich uh, 1624 is gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Mm, yeah, very good. And at the front? Uh, there's more, uh, Proverbs 20, 29, 20, there is more hope for a stupid fool than for someone who speaks about thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, th there were loads of these. I think we had about 30 of these passed around. Uh, the, group. the book of Proverbs has loads to say about our choice of words. And when we're communicating, uh, you can get the same information across in different words and it will make a big difference how it lands depending on how you choose to phrase it. That's really what we're getting at when we say voice. Uh, every church has a church voice. Okay. Now, it might be deliberately crafted or it might be accidental. It might be something that you've put a lot of thought into or it might not. It might be consistent, so you're kind of speaking with a similar voice a lot, or it might be all over the place and actually depending who sends a text, who's up the front, uh, it comes across very differently but every church has a voice which is just the way the words the tone that you tend to use um, your voice may be in tune with your church vision or actually it might run contrary to your vision you might have a vision that's all about grace and inclusivity and your voice might carry a harsh tone it might have sarcastic put downs and like in jokes and, and what you'd call banter but actually um, is at some somebody's expense and not communicate your vision very well. Um, 
your voice will always express your church culture, okay? Because culture isn't something that you kind of say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if? Culture is how things are. And so if, if you're speaking, that will be an expression of who you are. And it might not be a positive culture. It might not be what you want your culture to be, but it will reveal something of who you are. So the example that Tim gave a while ago about the person who did a notice for a prayer meeting that was, oh, it'd be great if some of you came because we don't want there to be no one there. Come on, at least somebody. And it, it was kind of negative. It was pessimistic. It lacked faith. It lacked kind of uh, energy and optimism. And that says something about the culture of that church, not just about that notice for the prayer meeting. Uh, I'd like you to rearrange yourselves now uh, into groups that um, kind of, if there are people here from the same church as each other, get into a group with those people, or I guess in CCM the same site probably is the way to do it. Um, just rearrange yourselves there and see if you can uh, work out, when you communicate as a church or a site, what comes across in the voice that you use. Just have a little chat about that for a minute or two. Continue thinking about this uh, at some point uh, when you meet with your teams. Uh, if you want to be more deliberate about honing your voice, that's a good thing to do. It starts with the self-awareness of, well, what is our voice at the moment? But then ask the question, what do we want our voice to be? Uh, we've done a fair bit of work around this at CCM. Some of the things that uh, we're shooting for, we're trying to get better at in our voice, and I think we're doing okay at them, uh, is positive. So we want uh, what we say to have a positive tone. We don't want to be... Um, communicating negatively, uh, you might communicate the same kind of thing, but there's usually a way to express it positively, aspirationally. Uh, we try to be outward looking in the way we communicate. So uh, we don't want to do something that would kind of fence off some of the people in the room. Um, I remember I don't, I, Andy was saying, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, that um, someone who came to, to Withington had, had said at another church they visited, they'd been told, oh, there's a special church meeting tonight, but you can't come. Uh, that's not a good voice in communication because it says, hey, uh, you're on the outside, you're excluded. We, we want to work hard not to have that in our voice, but to be outward looking, to be warm, welcoming, include people in. Um, we try to be fairly informal, um, but not too, too informal. You can get kind of uh, a bit too far that way, but it doesn't need to be everything kind of really regimented. There can be some informality there. We want to be faith-filled. We want to be clear. So actually what we're saying, people have, have got the details that they understand it. And we want to be accurate. So if we're giving a notice from the front, sending an email out, we want the details to be correct. We want the spelling, the punctuation to be right. There's some of the things that we have thought about on voice. We're going to move on now to our, our next bit, which is channel. So by channel, these are all the different ways you could communicate. So I'll give you some examples. You could give a notice at the front of church. You could send an email. You could send a text message. Okay, I've given you three there. In your groups, you've got one and a half minutes. Get a list as long as you can of all the channels that you might be using to communicate or that you could use to communicate uh, realistically. So not like smoke signals in the sky and stupid stuff, but that you might be tempted to use. Okay, let's start feeding some of these in. So what have we got? Let's make a list all together. Come on, someone shout one out. Are you talking about the, like, the very specific yes. ways? Yes. Yes. yes, so you said email. Yeah. Leaflets, or seats. Instagram. 
Oh, this is good. Okay, have I got everything that's been shouted out so far there? Papers in the sense of emphasizing your so, tag. Yeah. So adds. You've got small groups on there. Food. <laughs> How so? If you go to a church where you don't get tea or coffee or a biscuit mm. when you welcome that, yeah, gotcha. So you're communicating values. Yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. Uh, door to door. Door to door. Door to door. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. So door to door, cool. Yeah. What? There was a church there. <laughs> have we... Have, website? Yeah, I was going to say we said website, yeah. That's good. <laughs> have we said letters? You can write to people. Facts? I'm putting it, I'm putting it. <laughs> okay. I think that's a good summary of, of what we can do. Now, if we want to land our communication well, it's not just that we need to get the voice of it right so it lands. We need to choose the right channel to help it get across to the right person. So uh, you could, for instance, um, let's say you've got a big, big, big event and all you do is put a tweet out about it. Now that might hit some people. It wouldn't hit everybody. Not everyone is on Twitter. Now Twitter has a place, but you might not start there. Um, how do you choose the right form of communication? So the right channel. I'm going to propose you use this kind of grid. So... Okay, so going this way, you're going from more personal things to more impersonal things. And going this way, you're going more in-depth to more brief. So, brief. So, for example, if you um, give somebody a quick phone call, that's quite a personal thing to do because you're having a one-on-one -on -one chat with them. It's fairly brief, uh, probably. Um, so you might put that here. 
What I would like you to do, I'm gonna turn back to that page in a minute, but make a copy of this grid, and in your groups, try to place each of the other ways of communicating somewhere on this grid. Okay, you, you've probably got most of these down. You might not quite have got all of them yet. Don't worry about that. Also, it's worth saying, some of these, they may fit in different places depending on what you do with them, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, so a phone call, we put it as brief and personal. It could actually be very in-depth and personal if you wanted it to be. Uh, or you could get one of those like phone bots to call someone and make it very impersonal, but don't do that, they're bad. Um, <laughs> Depending on what you want to do, you want to be choosing channels of communication from these different quadrants. So up here, this is probably the one you want to start with, and this one is about involvement. So if you've got something coming up, be it a decision that you're making, so let's say about going to a new venue or something like that, or an event that you're running, there'll be certain people who you think, actually, they need to be involved in this process. So you need to have a personal conversation with them that's explaining what you're thinking, where you're up to so far. You probably want to do it before everything is signed, sealed, and delivered, but actually get some input from them, reflect on their views. Now, you may not do everything that they say, but you want to factor their views into what you're doing. So it's a very personal conversation where they can kind of back and forth with you about what's happening. You're giving them all the details about what you think. It is in-depth and it's personal. On most things, there will be a group of people that you realize they need to be involved. And so you're drawing them in at quite an early stage. And these kinds of communication, don't skip this stage. Don't just think, oh yeah, we're going to do that because you will disenfranchise some key people, some stakeholders in whatever the issue is. Also, it's worth saying that this shouldn't be the same group of people for every decision, okay? So if everything, you've got your group of people who are involved in it and nobody else gets to be brought in in this way, then everybody else will feel at a distance, like you've just got your inner circle. Now, some of your key leaders, you might need to bring them in on a lot of things. Also, though, there might be people with particular investment in an area. So say like with the venue change, you might think actually the person who heads up kids work they need to be involved in this because they need to come and have a look at what the kids' space is like, figure out if it's workable for them. So they might be drawn into that one. Also, you might have people who don't have much leadership responsibility but have certain skills. So there might be someone who's brilliant at designing a room. And actually, you might draw them in at this stage because they've got some skills to bring to the process. So you identify a group of people to involve and you use these kinds of communication to speak to them. After that, I think a lot of people want to go here and start rolling it out to everybody. But before you do, you want to go down here, which is honoring. So this is something, you're talking in person to someone about it, but it's quite brief. They don't need all the details. They don't need to be in the loop on things. They just need to know it's happening, actually. They'll feel validated. They'll feel um, like kind of you've remembered them, like you've included them, like you think they're important, just by giving them the heads up. Hey, this is what we're thinking. Just wanted to let you know. If you... 
Um, uh, well, I think a phone call is a very good one. Uh, I think you might grab a, a two-minute one-on-one chat with someone. So say at the end of an event, you might just say, hey, can I have a minute with you? Um, we're thinking of doing X, Y, Z. So uh, probably a good example of this is let's say um, at CCM we decided to do a brand new site and it was Gorton that was planting out a new site into, um, I don't know, into Ashton or something like that. Now the site leaders for the other sites probably don't need to be that involved in the process. There'll be people at Gorton, there'll be maybe like Colin and Tim who are really involved. But actually if a new site goes out and is announced and some of the other site leaders don't know about it, you've kind of pulled the carpet from under their feet there. It's worth just having a chat and say, hey, just so you know, we're thinking about this in Gorton, can you be praying for it? And um, yeah, any, any thoughts you've got are welcome. So you're honoring them, even though they're not that involved, okay? So there'll be a group of people like that. You need to figure out who they are and make sure that you're getting that information across to them. Once you've done that, then you go up here in depth, in personal. This is about informing. And there'll be a bunch of people who basically, um, they will be affected by the decision, and they're not the people who really were making the decision. So if you're moving venues, this will probably be most of the congregation who you're asking to make the move. They need to know exactly where you're going, exactly why you're going there, exactly when it's gonna happen. you want to give them a good amount of detailed information. So you want to choose these kind of channels. So this may be um, a long email. It may be um, a notice at the front. Depending on what the issue is, you might bring it into one of your sermons or something like that. You might do a web page about it. Um, there are various ways, but you want to give them all the details that they need so that they're kind of able to come with you and make the journey and they know exactly what's going on. And then depending on what the thing is, you probably want to come down here as well. And this really is advertising as much as anything. So it's not very personal, it's quite brief, but you want to get these mentions out there. So people who might not be in this group, and actually who probably wouldn't want to be in this group and wouldn't want to be bombarded with info, you've got kind of the headline there before them with the option then for them to follow up. So it might be that you uh, put a a Facebook ad out there saying, hey, we're doing this, but there's a link. And if people want to know, they can sort of self-opt into this group. So depending on what you're trying to do uh, with people, they'll be somewhere in here. Most things you need to go through all four quadrants. So you're using lots of different channels to communicate the same thing. And probably that is the order that you want to do it in. Does that make sense? Cool. Um, Let's just briefly, before we finish, touch on the other two things that we said we'd do. Communicators. So who should be the one to communicate? Well, you can't delegate voice. Okay, so if you're leading something because voice expresses culture, because ideally you want your voice to tell your story, you can't say to somebody else, you decide what the voice is. If you're doing that, you've given away something that is a leadership function. You can have others communicate for you, but you need to train them in that voice. You need to uh, have them catch, this is how we're communicating, this is why we're communicating that way. And over time, the more they get that, the more you can allow them to communicate for you. So training is possible, but you need to have
have that in mind. I do need to train these people, not just in the technical stuff that we're trying to do, but actually in the voice that we're trying to use and the way we're trying to put ourselves across. I would also say the more up to the personal end you're getting, the less delegatable it is. So if you're trying to honor someone by involving them, and basically what you do is you get your administrator to mention it to them, that honors them a lot less than if you do it yourself. So the more personal you're trying to be, the more you need to do it yourself. Down to the impersonal end, if it's, could you put a, an email together, um, just send it over so I can double check it, but then send it out. That's very delegatable. So um, up here, you need to do more yourself. Down here, you can draw other people into it. Um, yeah, also, if the event or decision is being driven by somebody who isn't you, then it's fine for them to delegate that bit as well. They can own that part of the process, uh, depending on who it is and what it is. So let's say somebody is uh, running an alpha course. Well, then they can tell everyone about the alpha course. That makes sense. It, it doesn't have to be that everything in the church comes from the senior leader, but it should either come from the senior leader or the person who owns that. Should, but it should replicate the senior leader's yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I, I want to say on communicator. But um, I, I've noticed in some churches it's just kind of shifted from senior leader to administrator. And I don't think that serves very well. The senior leader needs to carry the responsibility for it. Um, lastly, timing. Now, Timing is an important one. Um, I've been in a church where um, I had a text from the church at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Um, that's not good timing of communication. I'm going to share another verse from Proverbs. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It, it, it genuinely is. Right. Proverbs. 27 verse 14 whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing <laughs> so if you try and bless someone early in the morning they'll just get annoyed and they won't be blessed by it so um, think through that but actually more importantly with timing is about how far out from the event do you communicate it so um, it depends on how big the event is so uh, CCM is involved with Mission Fest this summer. Now that gets months of communication because what we're asking people to do is to take a week's holiday from work, to spend a bunch of money on flights, to go to another country. It's a big ask, so you need a long period of time to build up to it. Other things you might be doing, you might say, hey, we're going to do a social uh, after church. You probably just need a week or maybe even a few days to put that one out. It's, it's a smaller ask for people, so you can do it a lot nearer the time. Um, it is possible to overkill. So if you've got, say like Mission Fest, we've got six months. If every single week we mentioned it in services, then people would start to glaze over and not be interested. So you've got to... Um, over the period of time you're going, you need to go through all these gears and you need to kind of strategically hit it at the right moments without just going on and on about it all the time. Uh, go on, Bruce. I think it's important to recognise that two very different types of people here. Mm. Some of us like to plan ahead yes. as, as far as possible. That's mm. one slightly earlier information. Others yeah. are happy 
operate, you know, yeah. that they will just glide over. And it's actually important mm. to be both, both, both models, yes. not, just one of, not just assume everybody's the same. Correct. So, so, yeah, so if you hit it early, and then you might leave it for a couple of weeks, then you hit it again, then you might leave it. And that way you will get both. The people who need to plan, they've got the information. The people who would glaze over, because it's not coming at them all the time, you're serving them as well. I'll show you one of the tools that we use for this, if, if the thing works. Right, so we have made a communication calendar. Um, can we zoom out on this a bit? <laughs> that looks a bit like this, okay? So I've left it blank at the moment, but up here, we would put whatever events are going on on a given week. And then these are our different channels of communication that we tend to use. So we've got an email that goes out fortnightly, so you see it's kind of blanked out. We've got a lead, so the bulk of the email will be about one thing, but then at the bottom we've got a list of things that are also coming up. So the lead item will be put here, and then whatever else we need to mention. We've got a service sheet, so this is what the person giving the notices would mention. Uh, this is our website, so we've got some things kind of in their header on the front page. Some things probably not that prominent, but we still want somewhere on the website for them to be. Are we going to send texts out? Are we going to make Facebook events, Facebook posts? Are we going to do a specific preach about something? Do we need to design some graphics? And are we going to have flyers printed? And then we'll kind of backdate things through here. So we've got coming up a CCM day. This is quite a big thing for us as a church. And it will be on the 4th of Feb. So that would be written here, that we've got a CCM day here. And then we need to track back through time. So. If we put it in the email here, because the email goes out on Friday, that's only two days before the event, that's not really long enough. So I'm gonna put it here, and I'll get to the next email before that. Because it's an important event, it will get in the lead of it, but we'll still mention it in this one, and probably this one as well, so people know it. Service sheet, well, we want to mention it probably in the three weeks before it happened, so everyone knows, because we're asking them to go to a different venue on a Sunday. It's a break of rhythm for them, so it's important that we slightly over-communicate it, because if not, they'll turn up where they normally turn up. They'll miss out. It will be a bad experience for them. It needs to go on the website. Probably um, that would be either this week or next week that we'd put it on there. Text would need to go out about it on the week before, and we'd fill in all the boxes. We'd, we'd start by doing this with the most important events, and then we'd go to the lesser ones, or to the ones that are, uh, if they're a long way away and we're trying to hit them, it's more flexible about when we do it. So say like Mission Fest as an example. I can look at my emails then and think, right, we talked about the CCM day on this one, we talked about the Alpha course on this one, we talked about our brand new site that we've started on this one. We'll talk about Easter over here, but we've got a blank one here that we've not got a current focus. Okay, what are our long-term things we're trying to push? Mission Fest is one of them. Catalyst Festival would be another. And I can start to fill the gaps with the things that we've got. So this is a useful tool for planning out how you hit the different channels and when. You could also then see if there's a week that you're trying to communicate about six different things at once, you can actually start to prioritize that. I think this is important, but it's gonna clog the communication 
marketing channels, we're going to communicate it a, a little bit less than we'd like to, or a little bit earlier than would be ideal, because we want the focus to be on these things on that week. So it's just a tool that we use that you might want to look at. The other thing that's just worth thinking about is who needs to know in what order. So if you made a decision and you tell some people about it, and there are others who probably would live in this group who don't know about it, that's a really easy way to disempower people. If it's like everyone knows except me, oh, I found about this through that person uh, whispering to me rather than through being told by a leader or the person directly involved. So think through who needs to know in what order. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder, you can find the full notes on everything that was said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org episode 105. See you next time.